Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. I recognize the gift of God upon me. Hallelujah. And you will speak through this vessel of clay, for you have anointed me to preach because your spirit is upon me. And I thank you that those that are listening now, that they're not listening with their natural ears. I say that the ears of their spirit, I say it's anointed to hear your voice and to receive answers and revelation and direction and whatever they need tonight. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's, uh, let's get rolling here tonight. I wanted to start tonight talking about how for three and a half years, the followers of Jesus Christ, not just the, the 12 apostles of the Lamb, but he had hundreds, if not thousands, of followers, disciples. And so they became very dependent on Jesus. For three and a half years, here they had God in flesh that was with them, where they could ask him questions, where they could go to him for prayer, where, where they would begin to grow in those things that he was teaching and being a part of what he was doing on the earth. But the time came after his resurrection that he was going to ascend up into heaven and sit down at the right hand of God. Can you imagine how those disciples felt? Here's this Jesus, God in flesh, that they had walked with, ate with, slept with, worked and labored together, had access to him whenever they were with him, and now he's leaving. Going over to John chapter 14, verse 16. So Jesus here in the Gospel of John begins preparing them for, his, for him leaving. And in verse 16, I'm in John 14, he says, I will pray the Father. This is talking about after his ascension. And he says that he shall give you another comforter. Now, that's significant. Really what Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you someone else just like me to take my place while you're on earth. Remember how many times he said that you're not alone? So look at this. He says, I'm going to give you another comforter, so someone else like him, that he may abide or take up a dwelling place with you forever. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Have you thought about that? That this gift of the Holy Spirit in which we have indwelling in us, that it's not just a period of time that he's going to be with us. He's not just going to be in us while we're here on the earth, but he's going to be with us for how long? 
forever, all eternity, in all the ages to come. Well, why? Once I'm in heaven, I'm, I'm not going to need the Holy Spirit. Oh, really? Maybe you don't understand that you and I are going to be continuing to follow Jesus and serving Jesus for ages to come. And he'll have things for us to accomplish. And guess what? We're going to need help accomplishing it. So God, the Holy Spirit, is going to be in us for that purpose. Hallelujah. Another subject, but we'll get to it. So Jesus is saying he's going to send another one like himself, another comforter. He was the comforter in flesh. Now he's going to send us a spiritual comforter. And the comforter is a replacement of him for every believer. Every believer. Let's go on to the next verse. Now instead of calling him a comforter, he calls him here in verse 17, even the spirit of truth. So here's another name for this comforter that Jesus is sending to benefit us. He says he's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. You see, the heart of the born-again believer is the exclusive residence of the comforter. And someone that is not born of God, they haven't been resurrected in their spirit in order to have a holy place for God the Holy Spirit to live in them. See, you and I, on the inside, we're like God. We're perfect, we're holy, we're righteous. And that's why it's a, a fitting place for God the Holy Spirit to dwell. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see this. The world cannot receive this comforter that Jesus is sending because it seeth him not, neither do they know him. Now, that word know him is talking about having an intimate relationship with him. See, there's a lot of pe people on earth that know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. There's a, there's a big difference, right? But it says, you know him. Therefore, because you know him, the spirit of truth, he's going to dwell with you. Everybody say, with you. And he shall be in you. Everybody say, in you. Hallelujah. So the comforter is the spirit of truth. He's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. <laughs> That's exciting. Hallelujah. Now, what is he commissioned to do in us? Remember, God does everything on purpose. He doesn't randomly do something that doesn't have an end of what it's endeavoring to accomplish in us and through us. So why would he put God, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, why would he put him in us? Well, going over to the 27th verse of John 14. Now what's important for you and I is once we learn 
what the Holy Spirit is commissioned to do in us and through us, then we can begin putting a demand on it. Like, for example, when I was just a little skeeter, I had a, I had a plastic wallet that had a molded shape of a Mustang horse on it. It was a cowboy wallet. And it was all plastic. It was awesome. And inside the wallet, it had a secret compartment. Does anyone, any, Peter, do you remember the secret compartment that our wallets sometimes had? You could, there was a little flap in there, and if you put money behind that flap, it was in a secret compartment. So I put a $5 bill in the secret compartment. I figured, you know, this way I won't lose it, and I'll have it one day when I need it. But you know, being a kid, after a week or two, I forgot it was there. Now all along, I had a $5 bill in my wallet, and I'm telling you, that would buy you a lot of bubblegum baseball cards. A lot of baseball cards. Had a big square piece of uh, bubblegum in there, along with you know Mickey Mantle and uh, Roger Maris and uh, all them, Yogi Berra. Baseball cards. Hallelujah. But the $5 didn't do me any good because I didn't know it was there. <laughs> and now you and I, right now, in real time, God, the Holy Spirit, the one Jesus has sent, lives inside of us. Amen, yes. And if we don't know what he's willing and commissioned to do for us, we can't put that demand or unction on him to do it and he becomes this this hidden jewel in this wallet that we don't even know about and so it's us to find out why he's take he's taken up resident inside of us so then we can utilize why he's in us to help us and to be like Jesus was to his disciples when he was on the earth. Now the Holy Spirit can be that for you and I every day. Amen. Not only in this ball of dirt, but when we go on over to the other side. Amen? So that's what we're going to look at tonight. So the Comforter, verse 26, now he, he reveals who the Comforter is. Who is the Comforter? Who is this Spirit of Truth? It says, which is the Holy Ghost. Now, understand that when, uh, I guess it was King James, when King James commissioned the monks or whoever they were to take the original transcripts of the New Testament, which were in Greek and Aramaic, and he commissioned two separate groups to do the four Gospels. And so one group saw that Greek word pneumo, which got translated by them as spirit. So in some places in the Gospels, you see it's the Holy Spirit. But then the other group that was doing the other two Gospels decided they were going to take that, that Greek word for spirit and say ghost. Holy Ghost, but it's both the same Greek word. 
Now, I grew up in the King James, and they use Holy Ghost a lot. And I kind of like Holy Ghost. So, but if you hear Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, it's the same. It's the same Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. All right? Amen. Now, look here. So we see that the comforter that Jesus said he's going to send is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Now, notice what he's going to do for you. You ready? He says that the Holy Spirit will be sent by the Father in the name of Jesus. See, that's why you have to call upon the name of the Lord to have God, the Holy Spirit, come inside of you. He, who's he? Who? The Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He's going to teach you all things. Well, that's a lot of things. How about all things that you have need of? And he's going to bring all things to your remembrance. Now, I know that there's a temptation for us to say, well, you know, my memory's starting to slip. Am I the only one that was tempted to say that? Well, you know, I'm getting older. My memory's starting to slip. Well, now, wait a second. That contradicts what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you or has potentially can do inside of you. Amen. He can, even though maybe your, your mind doesn't remember, God the Holy Spirit does, and he can bring it back to you. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. I don't know how many times I find myself asking the Holy Spirit, where's this or where's that? That's in case my wife's not around. I usually ask her first. And he'll, and if I'll stop thinking about where it is and just begin trusting in him, I, I subconsciously go right to where it is. Led by the Spirit. I got a question for you. Do you talk to the Holy Spirit? Do you? You do. Begin to get into the habit of talking to the Holy Spirit. Because it'll begin to create the knowing that he's there and that he's listening. Could you imagine if you were in somebody's presence all day long and you never talked to them? Don't you think that would be rude? And disrespectful? You see, we have to be conscious of his residence inside of us. Remember, Jesus said he'll be with you and he'll be in you. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about in public, you walking down the aisle in, in Walmart and you're speaking loud enough, talking to the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, that's not appropriate. 
because they just don't, they wouldn't understand that. But you can talk to them under your breath. Hallelujah. Here we go. I want you to go to the 16th chapter of John. Let's go over to verse 13. So he's not just going to teach us all things. He's not just going to bring all things to our remembrance. Let's go to John 16, 13. Let's look at some other things that the Holy Spirit is commissioned to do for you and I because he lives in us and because Jesus sent him to us. You with me? Verse 13. How be it when he, now he's called the spirit of truth, when he's come, he will guide you. I like that. You know, I lived my life for 24 years with me solely making every decision. I was guiding myself. And I got myself underneath the barrel doing that. I wasn't at the bottom of the barrel. I was underneath the barrel. Because I made all of my decisions by myself. It was interesting how my IQ jumped up like 100 points when I got saved. And it wasn't because I got smarter. It's because I started letting the Holy Spirit guide me. You, you, you do realize that he led me, guided me to marry this woman right here. Hallelujah. Ding, 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 ding. Jackpot. I asked him, is this the one? I was ready to keep looking. And he said, he said, yeah. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I'm so glad I did. Some of the greatest things that's happened in our life is just by simply letting him guide us. Hallelujah. You can get, people think you're really smart. <laughs> and all you're doing is following the Lord. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak of himself, but whatever he hears from the Father, that will he speak. He will show you. He will reveal to you things to come. You know what the most powerful thing is in life? knowing the future. When you know the future, you're always at the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. It doesn't hurt your pocketbook either when you get involved in things that are going to be in the uptick in the very near future. He's going to show you things to come. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. So here we're seeing he's going to teach us all things. He's going to bring all things to our remembrance. He's going to guide you, and he's going to show you things to come. Amen. Yes. That's the resource that we have inside of us. It's God, the Holy Spirit. And it's just as if Jesus is with us. Yes. 
He's doing all for you and I as he did for the disciples. The only difference is he's always there in us. We don't have to go looking for Jesus. The one he sent is already inside of us. Now, I want you to know that this list we just compiled, teaching us, uh, bringing things to our members, guiding us, showing us things to come, is a limited, it's a limited list of what God the Holy Spirit can and will do for us. So we can't bring up the amplified version on the projection, so you're going to have to trust me as I read it. We're going to look at this verse over here in John 14, 26. And the, the amplified is going to give us the sevenfold meaning of the comforter and what he'll do for us. Are you ready for that? Yes. Crickets, I'm hearing crickets in here. Huh? Uh, do you want to know the sevenfold uh, responsibilities of the Holy Spirit to do for you in your life and for all eternity? You ready? I'm in John chapter 14, verse 26. And this is in the Amplified. But when the Helper... And then it breaks down this word helper. The helper is a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, strengthener, and a standby. So when the helper who helps, the comforter who comforts, the advocate who pleads your case, the intercessor that helps you to pray, the counselor that begins to help guide you, the strengthener in the standby, which is the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, in, in my place, to represent me and to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will help you remember everything that I've told you. Now listen to this. Number one, God, the Holy Spirit that's living in you, is your helper. I need help all the time. How do I do this? How do I do that? And guess what? He's going to show us. Amen? How do I untangle this? How do I fix this? How, what, what do I need to do here? He will help us. How many times do you and I need a comforter? He will personally bring comfort and peace to you and I in times of despair. I need that because there is an emotional part of our being. We're not all Spock and have no feelings. We, have our, we, we come from the factory with emotions and there's times we need help in that area. He's there to bring comfort to you and I. He's our advocate. An advocate is like a lawyer. Someone who will plead your case for you. And guess what? That means you have a Jewish lawyer. 
Hallelujah. And if they were from, the, from New York, you'd really have something. <laughs> but he's from heaven. That's even better. This is one of the areas that I really depend on is that he will make intercession with us. You see, I'm not the best prayer, and neither are you. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. What we're limited in is we just don't know everything. That's why we're not good at praying, because we don't know a lot of times what the root cause of things are we don't know what's coming but he'll help us to intercede and when he begins to help us to intercede now we're praying with the mind of God and not with the mind of man right and when he's praying he's already anticipating what's yet to come and he can see those things that we can't see because he knows that which we don't know. Counselor. Do you know how much money is spent on people going to a professional counselor? Well, I, I, need, I need counsel for my marriage. Well, you got one inside of you. Come on, come on, amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm not being funny. It's the truth. Who needs a... A, a man or a woman to give us counsel when we have God who can give us counsel Hallelujah. strengthener how many times do you need strength <laughs> every day, <All> day long. <laughs> well the Holy Spirit's inside of you to strengthen yes. to strengthen you I can do all things through Christ who what strengthens me that's the Holy Spirit there's times when I get into a day where my body says, okay, we're done. And yet, I know I have to keep on going. I just quote that verse and I just keep on going and supernatural strength comes. Now, the last of these sevenfold areas that the Holy Spirit will help us in is standby. Now, you guys don't even know what that means. And neither did I until someone told me. A standby is likened unto this. this. This one guy was pulling a trailer with his pickup truck. And out here in, in the flats of Colorado and Kansas and in Nebraska, his truck had no problem towing that trailer because it was all basically flat territory. And in this truck, he had a V8 that had a four-barrel. Now, some of you women are going, now you just lost me. Well, there's, there's four tubes that feed the gas to the engine. And a four-barrel only runs on two barrels when you're out here in the flats. But the other two barrels is a standby. They're ready to kick in when you need it. And so this boy said that when I got to the Rocky Mountains and I started going up the big hills, the two barrels in that carburetor weren't getting it done. So I pushed the foot feed down a little bit further and the other two barrels will cut, cut in. 
And those two barrels are a lot bigger than the two little front barrels. And he says, all of a sudden, this added power came in to this engine, and he says, I just sail over these mountains. So a standby is power that God's willing to give you when you get in a tight spot. And then that extra power kicks in when you need it to get you over those high points in life. Amen? Now, I wanted to give this overview of the Holy Spirit because really in the body of Christ, there just isn't a lot of teaching on the Holy Spirit. In fact, most Christians go like this when they start hearing something about the Holy Spirit because they think it's something weird. Hello. But as you and I get to know him, what he's willing to do for us, and then we start placing a demand on this help, he'll get us through some rough spots. I said he'll get us out of some tight spots. Now, I want to get in to how the Holy Spirit is willing to lead us in our life. If you and I can learn how to follow his leading, then we're going to stop making mistakes and everything that we do is going to begin being successful because he's the one leading us. I want you to go on over to Romans chapter 8. We won't go much further tonight. I'm surprised I didn't get an amen there. Look here at Romans 8, verse 14. And I'm not sure, sure how far this study on the Holy Spirit is going to go. I'd really like to get over into, this, into the side where we begin talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But we'll see, see if he leads us that way. Romans 8, 14. It says from the King James, For as many as are led, guided, directed, by the Spirit of God. So here is the Holy Spirit that's living in us. They are the sons of God. I like to turn this verse around and say that the sons of God, the children of God, those born of God through Jesus Christ, they are led by the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? So we, as God's children, we, as the children of God, we should expect according to this verse, to be led, guided, directed by the Spirit of God that's in me. Now, a lot of us, especially when we're traveling out of our sphere of familiarity, like if we're on a trip or going someplace for the first time, we like to use a GPS. That's a global positioning System, I'm looking at Peter. Did I hit it? Did I guess right? You can use a GPS that will allow a satellite to actually direct you to go somewhere that you've never been before. And when you make a wrong, a wrong turn, you hear recalculating, right? To get you back on course. Well, we have something better in our spirit than a GPS. We have God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
And because we have the Holy Spirit living in us as the children of God, he is willing to do what? To lead us. Lead us in which way? In our decision-making. When a believer begins to dial in how the Holy Spirit will lead them and begin recognizing those leadings and follow those leadings, their success begins to increase in life. Because now you're not making decisions based on our intellect or based on what other people are recommending to us we're now following God, the Holy Spirit, who knows all things because he is God. And he not only knows everything, but he also knows everything about the future. And what happened in the past. Amen? So it says that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now, understand that you and I can't dictate to God how he's going to lead us. I can't tell him how he's going to direct me. And yet many times we do. You hear what I said? Many times we do. Many times believers want God to, to lead them through their physical senses. Lord, if you want me to do this, then let this happen. Well, what do you want? You want, you want God to lead you by physical signs. Yes. Come on. Lord, if you want me to do this, let five red cars pass in front of my house at a time. One, two, three. Oh, no, there's a white one. I guess he doesn't want me to do that. Now, there is a, a, there is a time in your life that God, knowing you as a spiritual baby, sometimes he'll let us get away with that. I'll never forget. My wife and I, we were newly married, newly born again. And we were living in a trailer up on the south end of Carter Lake. And this trailer had what I would call a picture window that faced west. And uh, we were sitting on this green sofa that was right in front of this, this uh, picture window facing west. And it was one of those nights where the moon, uh, there was no moon it probably was in the winter or the fall, you know, when it gets really dark and there's no street lights up there, so you can see all the stars. It was, yeah. it was spectacular, really. Yeah. And we're sitting on the sofa and we're looking out this picture window. And I asked the Lord, I said, if you're real, I'm not sure if that was the question or not. You asked him? What did you ask? I asked him if he was there, show us. If you're there... Show us a shooting star. And it was less than 30 seconds that this shooting star went from horizon to horizon. It was spectacular. How many of you know that if I would do that tonight, that we wouldn't see a shooting star? 
Huh? Come on. Amen. Because he, he expects us to be led by the Spirit of God, the way the Spirit of God leads us, not the way I want him to lead me. Yeah. See, a lot of times we take the easy way out. Lead me this way. Lead me that way. And then we wonder why things don't work out so well for us. Lord, if you want me to do something, do this or that, I want to hear an audible voice. Well, what if he, that's not the way he wants to lead? I have never... In my time as a believer, I have never heard an audible voice from the Lord. And I've never had an open vision. Now, I get revelations that I see things in my heart, but that's the lowest form. I'm talking about seeing Jesus or seeing an angel, seeing this, seeing that. I, I've never had that happen. Well, why not? Because that's not the number one way the Lord leads us. I can't go to the Lord and demand of him of how he's going to lead me. I've got to find out from Scripture. So go down two verses from verse 14. Go to Romans 8, 16. Looks like we're going to... We're just about there. Romans 8, 16. It says, the Spirit, who? The Spirit. Spirit. So this is the Comforter. This is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, the one who lives in us. King James translated this as an itself. That's not scriptural. He's a himself. He's God, the Holy Spirit. He is a divine person. He's a divine person. He's not a force. He's not just simply a power. He is a person. The Spirit himself bears witness with what part of my being? With our spirit. Now, I want you to know tonight that being led from within with the inward witness by the Holy Spirit is the number one way that God the Holy Spirit will lead you and me. In fact... He's led us that way probably 99% of the time. Now, there has been times when a gift of the Spirit would be in operation, and God will confirm a witness in our heart as to what to do. But he'll never lead you by by a prophet. He'll never lead you by signs. He'll never lead you by pros and cons. How many have ever used that way to try and find guidance? I know I have. I was trying to do that with Marianne. Here are the pros to marry her. Here are the cons. And then the Lord began to witness in my heart. So I had to tear that piece of paper up. Interesting. (laughs) How does the Spirit lead us? With the inward witness. Now, what is the most important event that's ever happened in our life? 
Not a trick question. You know the answer. When I say it, you'll go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That you've been born again. That you're on your way to heaven. Isn't that the, the most important thing that you need to know? Right? Look at this. The Spirit himself bears witness with my spirit that we are the children of God. How do you know that you've been born again? How do you know you're on your way to heaven? How do you know that God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you? By the witness of the Spirit. Not one of us has heard a voice. Hey, Mary Ann, you're saved. You never had a vision. This is your house I'm building for you in heaven. The only thing that you have is a witness in your heart that you're on your way. And that witness is how he's going to lead you and me in every area of our life when we ask him for direction. It'll be on the inside. Amen? So the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit will be the number one way that God will lead us. So if every Christian would learn how to recognize the inward witness, follow and obey the inward witness, then you and I would be guaranteed success in every area of our life. Have you ever wondered if you should buy a car, a particular car? How many times have you gone to your heart and said, Lord, is, should I buy this one? Because we've bought lemons. Anybody know what a lemon is? Car that's always breaking down. Car that's always in the shop. Car that costs you more money than it's worth. Do you think I could have avoided that lemon if I'd gone to the Lord and said, should I, should, I, should I buy this thing? And then wait until you either had the witness yes or the witness no, and then just followed it? Now that sounds simple, doesn't it? I said that sounds very simplistic, doesn't it? But that's how easily it can work once you and I recognize the witness. It's not a feeling. It's an inner knowing. It's actually the voice of your conscience. Have you ever done something and it didn't turn out right and you went, you know, that didn't seem right before I did that? That was the witness. That was the witness. And we can get to the place that when we begin to develop recognizing that witness, we can have it in every decision. Well, I'm more excited than you are tonight, but uh, that's okay. I'm trusting that when we... You see, this is actually what we're doing tonight. This is a, a Bible school class. So it doesn't have all the fancy frills of something to keep you going like on a Sunday morning or we have to juggle things to keep you paying attention. This, 
this is a Bible school class, and unfortunately, right now in the body of Christ, there's not a whole lot of people looking for that. But you're here on a Wednesday night, so you are. (laughs) So we're breaking this down line upon line, precept upon precept, and we're going to get this down on how to recognize that witness. Sound good? Father, we want to thank you that you're willing to lead us and guide us. In fact, Lord, a lot of things that we've done wrong is just simply because we didn't take the time to follow you and to determine that witness in our heart. So, Lord, help us to begin seeing how you will to lead us so that we can abandon our ways and pick up your ways. And I thank you, Lord, as when we become proficient in recognizing your witness, even in the, the, the minor details of life, when we begin to recognize that leading and follow it and then see the fruit of it, Lord, we're on to that next decision, being led by your Spirit. Lord, we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we go, I want you to say this. I just had this witness in my heart to do this. I want us to get it solidified that it's the will of God to direct us. You understand what I'm saying? We're not alone. I said we're not alone. Just close your eyes and say, Father in heaven, I thank you that I'm a recipient of God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit lives in me. And one reason you gave him to me to live in me is to guide me, to lead me. So right now, I say it's the will of God. It is the plan of God for me personally to be led by the Spirit of God because I'm a child of God. Now just lift your hands up and say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. When you and I embrace that truth, now we have faith to recognize the witness. So say to yourself in those times, what do I do? What do I do? And that happens every day. Just say, I'm led by the Spirit of God. And I recognize His witness. I recognize His leadings. And as you do that now, you've activated Him. And experience, ex- experiment with it. Now, you're going to think that I'm... Can I just take another minute? Or you want to go? Another minute? I used to go into uh, a large grocery store or department store, and I would separate myself from my wife because sometimes she's looking for this and I'm looking for that. And then after I get what I... I've got, I, know, I have no idea where she is in the store. <laughs> she could be anywhere. And, and I say, Holy Spirit, you know where she is. Direct me. Amen. Now, the moment I say that, my mind starts to think about where she would be. <laughs> yeah. 
and you have to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to try and reason this out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be led from in here. And just start going in a direction that seems good. No, it's this way. And as you experiment with that, and you get it right, you'll go, yeah, yeah, I did sense that. Or if you get it wrong, you go, well, no, that, that wasn't it. You become, you begin to become attuned to your spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit lives. And he'll, he'll lead you. Sometimes a person described it like a string in your spirit is pulling you this direction. And you're just following it. Now I know that sounds very strange to you. But this is something spiritual. It's not natural. It's not mental. And when we begin to develop it, as we begin to practice being led by the Spirit, and you start seeing the fruit of getting it right, then you're going to have confidence to keep working on it, and you'll get to the place where you'll sense his leadings on the smallest details because you took the time to develop recognizing him. Him. Sometimes him is just a piece on the inside. Sometimes him is a, no, that's, that's not right on the inside. It's not a voice. It's not a, a feeling. It's a spiritual perception. And as you talk to him, you're going to develop him responding to you talking to him with things you'll begin perceiving on the inside. But if I ignore him, there's no reason for him to speak to me. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Well, I kept you way too long. Um,